This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, avocado injuries make Super Bowl parties the pits. Avocado (laughs) injuries? That is on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Guac-related knife wounds rise. Perfect setup for stabbing yourself. And I have to say those pits are tricky. I miss that. Say that again. Guacamole-related knife wounds are a big ER thing on Super Bowl Sunday because novice gringos are trying to make avocado uh, guacamole, and they don't understand how slippery that pit is. Well, you get alcohol involved, and there's no telling what's going to happen. That's a good point. I actually have my knives are so sharp. I don't think they belong in a household, a family. Like, I have a note, like, don't touch the brown knives. Like, I just don't. But, my husband like, loves gear. Uh-huh. We have so many arguments about that. Anyway, as soon as you start saying, uh-huh, I'm like, okay, I've lost him. Let's go. Let's keep Isn't moving. Isn't there, like, a war, like a cartel war over avocados in Mexico Maybe. right now? The, the prices were really high for a while, and they were saying there was a massive avocado shortage. I believe that there is. I don't know the details of it, but avocados are a hot item and apparently a dangerous one as well. Yes, and they're really not as good as they used to be. So, But that wasn't real. Although I am really afraid of knives. Like I feel like I'm not really afraid of guns because everybody knows what a gun does. A gun is a gun, and if you're going to use it, I'm not afraid of an accident. But with knives, I feel like people just take those for granted and glass, which just like smashes on the floor and sever your blood vessels. Like I just, that totally. scares me. I know how to throw knives. It's yeah. the most obscure skill one could develop. If you happen to be in a situation where that <laughs> skill might come in handy, you're either going to be in a circus or just like a once in a lifetime scenario where that would be effective. Yeah. I wonder how you made the decision to spend your time. That way. I like to spend my time on obscure things. Yes. It does make you probably more interesting at parties, but also (laughs) dangerous. So, well, maybe you're the guy to make the guacamole this year. And that's my way of saying Super Bowl is coming. I don't care at all. So, sorry. Not a sports fan. I will say this about the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs, I've noticed, have been, or maybe they've always done the same tomahawk chop sound in mm-hmm. motion that the Braves use. Mm-hmm. Not heard one person complain about it. Hey, man, I feel like respecting the culture of the many tribes that were here in this country before it was named after, like, you can't even call them Native Americans because Americans, that's Amerigo Vespucci. Like, I just, I don't know what, they're individual tribes. You could say Cherokee or Iroquois or Iroquois, whatever, which sounds French to me, whatever. So, I think it's great to respect their the qualities of their various cultures. So I think it's not cool to to try to eradicate. I don't have a problem symbols. with it at all. I'm just saying when the Braves were in the playoffs, it was a big thing. Why are they doing the tomahawk right. chop? It's racist. Right. It's bigoted. But now nobody cares. No. Maybe they listen to this show. It's an argument I've made before. Maybe there's a conspiracy against all Atlanta-based sports teams. <laughs> All all teams you are a fan of, I think, is uh-huh. what really that's what exactly really what it is. So I uh, anyway, I usually do like a nice excuse to make a delicious margarita. So I will be making a delicious margarita on Sunday. Yeah. But there's also other stuff in the news. I don't know, whatever. The president's getting impeached. There was a little update on that. They closed their argument on 
the Republican side, the defense opening argument. There's a couple of days of Senate questions. And then, and I cannot find the answer to this question. I'm going to assume it's somehow mandatory. I guess I should know how it works. But they are going to hold a vote on whatever by the end of this week on whether or not to have witnesses and additional testimony to treat the impeachment trial as an extension of the investigation phase and not just a judgment of evidence in the record. And I don't understand if McConnell is required to hold that vote or not, but he's been saying he doesn't have the votes to suppress or to move on without witnesses And, of course, the bombshell that made his vote pretty sure that it was going to go towards witnesses was John Bolton's leaked manuscript. But I have a big problem with that because the House wanted to call Bolton, asked for him to come. They knew that he would have important evidence. He talked about it anyway, so they were well aware that he was an important player here, had important testimony, but they— did not subpoena him because they said they didn't want to delay. Yet Pelosi delayed a month before sending the articles to the Senate. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they had a um, a possibility of calling him, and they didn't. And I I think that it doesn't. I think that if they wanted to call him, they should have called him. Yeah, I do too. I think this is all drama. I think it's ridiculous. I think. It's a big distraction from a big distraction from whatever Iran, China, whatever else. And it has Democrats, and I'm not talking about Senate Democrats and, and congressional Democrats. I'm talking about like people that I know that are Democrats and that are liberals becoming fans of the person who they used to call the devil. John Bolton is a hero for liberals now. And I think they're sadly mistaken at what the outcome of his testimony might be. It's not going to help them. It's not going to change anything. Unless Bolton genuinely wants to remove Trump from office and put Pence in because maybe he'll be easier to, to get wars going with him, I don't know, then his testimony is only going to solidify that nothing that's being described is wrong. That it's perfectly fine to investigate well, someone just, who you think is corrupt. It's still hearsay anyway. I would like to just know what the rules are for the discretion to withhold AIDS and see if it was properly documented according to those rules. But it's a funny thing. I did a, a podcast last night with the Voluntary Vixens, a couple of girls who – women, younger than me, so the girls uh, – younger than I. And the one of them was saying how her neighbor or somebody in her neighborhood – has a bumper sticker that says it's Mueller time. Uh-huh. Not anymore, right? And she yeah, she just she hates it and uh she thinks that any that that's really like Democrats jumping the shark when that guy is your hero. Right. They used to hate him too. Cost millions of dollars of the federal government for railroading innocent people. Right. Now it's badass Bolton. That's the new bumper sticker. I don't yeah, Bolton is now go. their hero, which he's also going to disappoint and it's probably going to end up if he does testify with the conclusion being, Well, I guess they just say it's okay that Trump abused power, so he's above the law. We gotta take to the streets. It's all feeding to this invalidating of the twenty twenty election like we've talked about and a reason for 
an overthrow among activists anyway. And both both sides can say that this has an impact on the 2020 election. Yes, you can say that the Dems are interfering. comes out, you could say. And then even the Senate. Like, that's what I think is going to be the big surprise in November is that – or not really surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised. I've always expected for the second term to be all Democrats and the legislators, whatever, all the legislators will be Democrats. And Trump will just rubber stamp stuff, especially infrastructure and other liberal policies that he's prone to anyway. So I think that's coming and uh, a lot of other stuff. I think the, you know, I just don't know if it's war with Iran anymore or just a complete subordination of the Middle East for purposes of energy, finance, whatever. I don't know. The Israeli peace plan, as kind of predicted, the Palestinians rejected it immediately. And what I didn't expect was Netanyahu dropped his bid for immunity. So he's he's up on corruption charges, which are very, very serious charges. And he was trying to get immunity as a sitting prime minister, but he has to stand for re-election for the third time. They just cannot seem to pass their bar to make it a clear victory. So he's up for that again. There's a chance he might be on trial for this corruption while he's under campaigning and being elected, which oddly parallels what we're doing here. Although with them, I think it's pretty legit. I think he's he's on the ropes for real. But I can't help but think that Trump with the Israeli peace plan and stuff is just playing into what Netanyahu needs to kind of get reinstated as prime minister. Yeah. So I think there's some of that going on there. Yeah. Uh, what else? Speaking of international stuff, what's your um, – What's go- what was the U.N. thing that's happening? Oh, there was a leaked document that shows that the U.N. suffered a hack, that hackers had infiltrated the United Nations office in Geneva and Vienna. And this was last year that it happened, but the document was just leaked and this was just revealed. And they believe it was an espionage operation, and the culprit of it is still unknown. An anonymous source, because it's always anonymous, this is an anonymous official who only speak if as long as they can remain so, said that the skill level was so high that they believe it could have been a state actor and is quoted as saying that it was as if someone were walking in the sand and swept up their tracks with a broom behind them, that it's so untraceable. And the reason I bring that story is because there was also a recent hack here, I believe, another one in Dunwoody that costs like $80,000. There's cyber hacks going on all over the country every day now at this point. And I think it's only a matter of time before something really, really impactful happens with some sort of cyber attack because they are becoming commonplace. Well, now that you mention it, in following the way you talk about uh, what was that operation that brought down 85, Vigilant Guard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you were saying something like that with, uh, what was it, the wildfires? You thought it reminded you of that? Yes, over outstretching the resources of any one yes. country, so you have to bring in resources from every country. It's a world effort. Yes. I feel like in a different way, not like that thing where it stretches, but a just a, a, a straight-up simple drill is happening now with the coronavirus thing. So every country in the whole world is addressing their screening, is calling down their uh, their travelers to China. All that only like 132 people died. So unless you're, and are are they absolutely positive the virus they're talking about? 
who killed those people are coronavirus and are those people like babies and old people? Right. So, yeah. I mean, is this really a, a massive worldwide epidemic that that should shut down commerce that it's it articles have said like what you said this morning yesterday about it could mess up the financial markets or the other thing that i saw today was like it could derail the global recovery i'm like we're still in the boom like i didn't even know there was a, a we needed a global recovery and i and now that you mentioned this un espionage thing in a cyber event for sure i would say without question even if they're good, even if they're the good guys, they would run a drill of a massive, complete shutdown cyber attack. Yeah, a they got to see. Right, sure to come. Right, they got to see how they will be able to operate in case that actually happens. Speaking of the the coronavirus, I saw a story a little while ago about a plane. I believe it's arriving. It's either New York or California. It's a plane full of like a hundred Americans that were in. China and the way the article presented the information was like, uh oh, they're coming oh, here. Typhoon, typhoon yeah. Mary. So maybe it's gonna blow out here now. Even right. though they've One already of those people is a libertarian who will not submit to screening. Probably that's what they did with the Ebola. Yeah, remember there was a CDC intel officer. Nobody mentioned that, but they did mention that she was a libertarian refusing quarantine. But she was. Oh, really? That's hilarious. If you look at her bio, she was a CDC intelligence officer. Yeah. But she was portrayed as a libertarian nurse refusing to be quarantined. So they they discredit. She's got her freedoms. Yeah. They discredit the libertarian instead of discrediting the CDC. This is why I. She wasn't a libertarian. She was an actor. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is why I, I get upset when they mess with praxeology. They mess with what really happens. That didn't really happen. If you have to make stuff up. What's praxeology that, again? Okay. Praxeology, which we did cover this twice last week. I know. So if you're three not listening, times. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to say it every single time. Praxeology is what really happens. What really happens. So right. it's the study of what really happens. It's not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's just, does this, ha- does that ever really happen? Okay. And it, and if it doesn't really happen, then you don't need to make laws for it. So when people are saying facts are facts, but truth is truth. So did Stacey Abrams get denied by Zell Miller's White House or Governor House, whatever? Hell because, no. What? Hell no, is what I say. Well, but it doesn't. But her, <laughs> the response was basically, it doesn't really matter because it could, that does happen and it could happen. Yeah, but but exactly. my answer is, if you can't, if you have to create the thing that you claim actually happens, then, then you that, I mean, it's so basic. Right. It might not actually happen. Just find a real example if that's really what it is, or it, or maybe more than one example if right. you want to change fundamental law. So that is why it upsets me when they insert, you know, or like this, the crisis actors. I hate to bring that up because that in itself is a psyop. That whole hoax meme thing is a psyop in its uh, yeah. own way. I, I will say that it might not be fundamental law that she wants to change, that it's just a pursuit of power, which is why she makes it up. Like somebody like Stacey Abrams makes up this story about being oppressed by the governor. Yes. And yes. The reason yes. is because she she is recognizing that this happened, so she's going to put herself as a person in a position of power with a platform so she can exploit and use that for her own 
personal political benefit, kind of like they say about Trump right now. Uh, so I don't th- know that she even does it to actually want to change policy more than she does it just because she knows it's a way that she can be seen as a representative of the oppressed and use it to gain her own power. Yeah, I was saying that it's just as an extension, it's a similar thing, right. is that it's a violation of praxeology. Yes, yes. She's doing it for personal gain, but they're they're trying to get policies like gun control uh-huh. and in this case, perhaps like bio biomarkers at borders or yeah, yeah. Uh, backdoor anti-encryption stuff with a cyber attack. Right. People are but terrified I'm saying too. If, they, if it's there and then you can take it one step further and say, if you're having to make this stuff up to justify your policy and you're saying, well, that stuff does really happen or it might happen. So we need these policies. Perhaps they're making stuff up that justify the policy to mask the real reason they want that policy at all, because the policy is uh-huh. always a mass power at the top. Right. So yeah. they're saying it's because they're better at taking care of us than we are, and these things might happen. But the fact is, maybe it's for truly, I think it's for, for just world power, world control I- to exploit us, our I completely agree. It's a misdirection. It's a magic trick. Magic tells stories. They do dramatic stories in order to keep people's focus over here so that we don't see what the little hand or the the hand on the left is actually doing. And that's all of politics. I completely agree with you. Well, speaking of politics, the Iowa caucuses are Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. And then by the end of March, two-thirds of the Democrat delegates will be chosen. So you're, you're probably going to know, unless it's like a four-way tie all the way to the last primary, which wouldn't surprise me. Bernie, Bloomberg, or Biden is what it looks like right now. Oh, how's Bloomberg doing? I saw a story today where they think that Bloomberg is going to be Bernie's top rival, and that's them presuming that Bernie is now the leader. Can you imagine a President Bernie Sanders, by the way? I mean, Donald Trump is a ridiculous thing to imagine, but a yeah. President Bernie Sanders, that's beyond, that's that's yeah. jumping the shark, I think. It, it makes me think of like the old Communist Party leaders in China, where they would like trot this guy out on a dolly, you know, a four-wheeler or whatever. I like, thought about obviously, that, yeah. this guy is not calling the shots and it would be too obvious that it's just a figurehead right i i I don't know who's controlling bernie but if i mean bernie has been a communist since he was in his 30s since he went to college since he moved to vermont where all the secret communists during the red scare they moved to vermont bernie followed them to vermont after he got out of college he went to the same college as a lot of these communists that were being investigated he's been a communist his entire life he named the softball team up in vermont like the reds or something like that everything about him has been communist this could be an internal communist takeover (laughs) if he wins well here's the thing that's why i don't ever i don't shouldn't have to care too much about the ideology of right. the president because he he's really just supposed to execute. Yeah. So when Congress says we want to send aid to Ukraine, he should just make that happen. And part of his job is to make sure it's not getting funneled into a totally corrupt system where it will be paid out to bail out a failing bank owned by Democrat cronies, for example. But that that kind of stuff the executive power should not really be too vulnerable 
to even radical ideologies. Yeah. It's vulnerable, I guess, to cronyism, obviously. But anyway, so I, that's why I would say with Ron Paul, like people are like, oh, he's a racist. He wrote that racist stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because he's a, he's a minarchist. So he's not actually going to use power of government to do bad things, no matter yeah. what's in his heart. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's yeah. the beauty of the system. So it just would be crazy that there was somebody who was basically an open communist as president. And I know that communism is a, a vehicle for power. I get it. Like the ideology, they're not, they use it to get power, but it's just odd the way things turn. It's just getting crazier and crazier politically. Well, when the front page of, or the cover of Newsweek was, we're all socialists now, the day Obama was elected, that was pretty provocative, but yeah. it was they were getting us used to that that word. And I remember when they started, when Bernie Sanders kind of openly admitted he was a socialist, and then AOC kind of said the same thing. Uh -huh. They were doing it to to do that word. Absolutely, that's the, the legitimization process of it, the normalization of it. So I saw some update about the Kobe crash, which I don't read. I think it's morbid to kind of get into that yeah. nitty gritty. The guys, you know, mourn those people. And uh, leave the agenda stuff for some other time. Although a lot of people s call him a rapist because of that woman's accusations. If you look into it, though, she the reason the case kind of fell apart was that she had other like DNA and gross stuff that she apparently went and had sex with somebody else after her encounter with him. And yeah. I just, I can't imagine someone being violently raped and then going and, you know, kind of made her story not so credible, but what, but yeah. that's not even what I wanted to go to. What I wanted to say was that one of the, this was the agenda item I forgot about is one of the things that they rattled off as the reason this might've gone down, which was completely outside the realm of likely scenarios. So when they rattled it off, I was like, Hmm, was that it could have been a drone strike. And what I, I think they meant by that is a drone might have been flying around in the fog and hit the helicopter by accident. Oh, not wow. That, you know, but I never believed that for a second. It's not plausible. It was kind of stupid of the reporter to say that. But it made me think of your Colorado story with all the with all the drones. Yeah, there's been a development on that. And I don't know how credible this is, but UFO hunters claim that they are behind the unexplained drones under Colorado. They claim that they have been flying the drones in formation in an attempt to find the tic-tac-shaped UFOs that Navy pilots came out and said that they saw last year that we saw on I video. I remember. You brought us that story. Yeah. I Remember? I do. I, I mean, do. at length. Yeah. I don't believe that story right now. I have got to see some more evidence, but... They're claiming well, credit for it. They say it's them. Or it's – or ever, it was known all along and this narrative is being rolled out. Because that, that story got a lot of press and the drone story in Colorado. Yeah. And the, and the fact that it had the government pretending like they didn't know, like the way the Boston Marathon bombing, those two guys, the Sarnayevs, were CIA operatives. So uh -huh. when the FBI came out and said – we don't know who they are, and they were CIA operatives who were registered to live <laughs> right. one mile from there. They were lying, for uh -huh. sure, and I think that they're lying here, I too. I think there's definitely something suspicious going on. There's another wrinkle that has – it's never reported alongside of the Colorado drone thing, stuff like this, but it's being reported in parallel, and that's that U.S. officials have grounded drones over espionage fears. They've 
put an end to the civilian drone program because of concerns that the unmanned aerial vehicles are made in China. And they're worried that the Chinese will have these backdoor entrances in order to hack it, kind of like they talk about with Huawei technology. And so they're downing drones. And then there was a – this story was a couple days ago, and today there was another one where the Department of Interior is also grounding their drone fleet over cybersecurity concerns related to Chinese technology. Huawei was in the news today because the UK signed a deal with them to provide 5G, some like non-essential or whatever non-security oriented 5G technology because UK says they are going to try to be this great big tech hub and that depends on 5G rolling out quickly. So I looked at why would we, and we came down on them for that. And I tried to figure out what the, I mean, the security reason I don't buy really And I looked into – I just wondered what ulterior motive there might be if we have a competitor to Huawei. We really don't. The equipment they're talking about is Nokia and Ericsson, which are Nordic. There's like Finland and Sweden or, I don't know, Norway. So it's not really that we're trying to suppress Huawei sales for our own cronies. However, it is possible that we sell a lot of stuff. Google, for example, sells a lot of stuff to Huawei for that stuff. I don't know what the hell Google would sell them, but I just did a little research and found that there's there are a bunch of companies that want to sell stuff, Broadcom, uh, and that if I thought perhaps the way this administration works – they were trying to get Huawei to kind of come to the table with a better deal for Google and Broadcom by telling them that we'll cut off demand for their end product. Or maybe it's a negotiation for China, the China deal phase two, which is coming and will address this stuff. So I feel like the Huawei thing is a bit of a, of a play, a crony play, a trade play. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's interesting. An interesting angle. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. And UK apparently is doing Brexit this week. I know. It's it hasn't really been that big of a story. I know. And and our treasury guy, Mnuchin, said that we would have a trade deal with UK by the end of this year. And I think Trump signed USMCA today. He did. I mean. He did. That's That was not big news. Like the most, the most globalist thing ever. He was giving a speech about how we got rid of that horrible, the worst trade agreement in history, NAFTA, and now we have this wonderful trade agreement, the MSYMCA. Yeah. It's the way that I remember it anyway. Yeah, right. So, but it is almost totally the TPP. It is... It's almost the same. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, it's word for word more than half the TPP, but it's like article by article, chapter by chapter, it's like 70 to 90% in its essence TPP. And this stuff will, I just, that I I do have to reiterate because anybody who thinks Trump was an anti-globalist really got scammed on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different type of globalism. Well, that's no, what it's, no, that's it's, what it's presented same. as. I mean, no, but it's the exact same. Right, that's, what the, that's what the Ottawa Law Study was, is that it's the, it is actually the conclusion in that was Trump is presenting this as a different type of trade yes. regime. And in fact, it is not a paradigm shift at all. Right. Not only is it the exact same philosophy, fundamental, like about controlling trade at the mega mega level, but it's word for word identical. It's a name change, essentially. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And then also they're not, they didn't, 
rope in the Pacific Rim countries yet. They'll probably just plug them in later. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, something, a quick thing about Space Force. I don't know if you saw this, the uniforms. They introduced the new logo for Space Force. Yes. And yes. they had something on there that mimics Star Trek. So the what's it called in Star Trek? Star Trek, the Enterprise? Not the Enterprise, but the the, the fleet that they go to. I don't know why I can't remember oh. the name of the the Federation? The f- is it the Federation? Whatever the school is they train at. It has it has the in logo. San Francisco. That- it's the Academy. Federation Academy. I can't believe I can't remember this. I watch Star Trek all it's the time. It's not the Federation Academy? Starship Federation? Maybe Academy? it is. I don't know. Some Pretty listeners sure. are going to get on to us about this. I know it about it. But the, the point is that Starfleet. Oh, Starfleet. Yeah, Starfleet. Yeah, Starfleet. Starfleet. The Academy. point is putting that symbol on the Space Force uniform, yes. I personally think is brilliant for recruiting. Yes. Because yes. you're a Star Absolutely. Trek fan. You see that Perfect. and you're like, yeah, that's point. cool. It's really that's cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think it's fake, but – because it is fake. Yeah. I mean, that's just and they and that is the kind of programming that's meant to change the way you think about things, uh-huh. to get you to believe in the moon landing and stuff. Yeah, now you can go be like Captain Kirk. You can go meet a Vulcan. Right on. That's super cool. Yeah, I, I did want to point out that the big tech. This is my last story of the day. Big tech has finally called for government regulation. So they were saying they were going to self-regulate. They act like they're fighting this great fight. And they came out, every one of them took, their, took one or another issue. I noticed this with like the states going after Google for antitrust, Bill Barr scruffing it up with Apple in Florida, uh, Snowden coming out saying that weird stuff about how the government does have a point about how companies have to have a backdoor for them, it, that kind of thing. So Facebook came out and asks for global, a global regulatory regime for online content. That's pretty big. Election integrity, privacy, and data portability, which is just going to lock them in as the biggest data players. And what, then, what does uh, that mean, data portability? I guess the way data moves. I don't know. But- I mean, I wonder if... If it had, I mean, I assumed it had to do with what I think the Alphabet guy, Cook, no, the Apple guy said data rights was something that he feels like you should have control or get benefit out of your data. And maybe it's like the way you can, you can take your cell phone number or your IRA or your health insurance. They want it to go with you when you leave an institution. Yeah. So perhaps I didn't look into what. Data, I, I just assumed it went with the data rights thing. Maybe it didn't. But IBM has a policy lab, and the chick who runs that said, now we just need to make sure the first rule is to regulate the use of the technology, not the technology itself. So I think it was at Akamai who refused to do the Jamie Dupree voice thing because of the potential to yeah. use it. Was it Akamai? Then – so what she's emphasizing is you can't tell Akamai not to develop that technology, but you can make sure private people don't use it. I, that's how I read what she was saying. So it seems to me a public-private partnership in this regulation. They are running the show on the regulation, it seems like. And then there was a quote from a uh, 
I don't know who it was, but he said, this is a big, massive societal challenge and shouldn't be determined. The path of this regulation should not be determined one off by CEOs at different companies. So that's a real central planning concept. And that leaves no room for error. It leaves no best practices for different places, companies, organizations to see what works properly. To So I feel like this is a way that they can cooperate with the government, free themselves from any kind of liability on that front, suppress startups who really can't uh, invest in the compliance costs that it would take to uh, to hurdle these regulatory barriers. It's just regulations, regulatory regimes is a great way to enforce the benefit an incumbent has over startups to make sure you have an oligopoly, just to make sure that that they work hand in hand with government. I don't like it. And that's where they're headed. And I kind of had a feeling that's where it was going to go. I just didn't believe that governments in the, at the state or federal level were really trying to disrupt big tech. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that. <laughs> what to watch out for. What to watch out for. And you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow.